great city playboys They're always around To help build your hope up Then help drag you down They'll leave you with nothing Worth singing about So now you're in And now you won't bag out Hey everybody, it is your smoking nephew, Blazin' Rye, and it is Thursday, December 17th. You're listening to Blazin' Rye Backstage, and I would like to welcome the Sade to my batter and wah, Mr. Jonathan Weeks. Mr. Jonathan, how are you, man? Good, man. How you doing, man? What's up, man? What up, man? What's going on, man? man? I wish you would step back from the ledge, my the friend. Man, my friend. We could and cut, cut ties all the lies that you've been living in. And if you do not want to see <laughs> me again, I will understand. I You've been too insane. I sing over a secret pain. You know you don't belong. Do you, uh, hey, is my is my mic is my mic okay? I sound crazy in my headphones right now. Do, do I sound weird? No, I sound you sound fine. No. Uh, let me see what's going on with this mic. I gotta do. So I gotta adjust something here. Let's what's see. I thought you were. I thought you were my echo just now. I thought it was it was even worse than I thought. Oh boy. Um. Okay. So, geez, I sound real weird in my ears. All right. Uh, you sound weird. You got flavor in your ear. Yeah. So anyway, weeks. Uh, this is this is very unique. I've never done a like a back to back Blazing Rye Radio and Blazing Rye backstage. I kind of feel a little bit like Bill Maher. That night that he did uh, real time with Bill Maher, and then he ran across the street and went and did a, a stand-up show, and he was like, "Boy, I would never want to do this again." <laughs> it must be exhausting in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. What did What did you think of DC Larue? I I loved it. I listened to most of it actually. It was a uh, pretty good. You really got like an in-depth interview with uh, you know on all kinds of topics. It was pretty pretty great, and he seemed really relaxed talking to you. I was like I was like two old chumps talking. It was pretty crazy. You know me, man. I get I I I get the Oprah going. You know, I get the oh people trust me for some reason. I don't know why they trust me, but they trust me for some reason. They do trust you. I mean like uh he was talking to you about everything. It was it was it was great. It was great interview. I don't think he's ever made had an interview like that ever before. I, I bet you <laughs> Well you know what I think I figured out what's going on with the mic. Hold on one second. Let me adjust this okay. thing on it. I gotta adjust this setting. Ugh. You gotta adjust this, adjust this, adjust this, adjust the Oh my god! Okay, pop, pop, pop. <laughs> that is so much better. You know what? Here's the thing. This is what happened when I went to interview DC Larue. I switched the setting on the mic to get a bi-directional thing. You know, kind of like a bisexual, except uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, and the thing is that I, I forgot to turn it back to hetero. 
Oh, so you got you know you got to you got to know when to switch it on and switch it off all the time. Come on, man. Come <laughs> on, man. Uh, um, what have you been up to, man? Oh, not much, man. It's, it feels like I haven't talked to you forever, but it, it wasn't that long ago. But uh, yeah. uh, you know, this week, last past weekend, I went to Vermont with my buddies. It was uh, just a day and a half trip, but it was uh, really fun. We had hit up the breweries again. It's like a repeat of what I did last time, but uh, it was really fun. It was really relaxing, and uh, it was good, good, good stuff. You know, kind of, kind of miss Vermont. Great place, great kids. Nothing to do there, but uh, really great. <laughs> uh-huh. And, uh huh. And what? What? How, how many? How many beers did you drink during the weekend? Uh, that's a good question. I think I drank probably. During the entire weekend, probably eight to nine beers. Oh, that's, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's nothing. Is that a lot? That's no. nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it was just more of a social drinking. It was like you know, you have a meal, have a drink, uh, and then visit the breweries. It wasn't you know, going too crazy about it. Yeah, well, that old you know, I mean, I don't know what the hell the point of that kind of night is, you know. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, maybe that was good in like uh, you know, high school or college, college. But uh, no, man, I can't even do that anymore. I think I was asleep by ten. So, <laughs> you know, you know our friend um, Dr. Vinny Boombots that fills in for uh, Tom Fogarty sometimes. Of course, I know Dr. Vinny. I mean, he's the man. Uh, she's the man. Yeah, she's the man. Well. <laughs> He says, "What's up, bitches?" And then he says, "This dude is trying to pick me up right now." So, what do, what, what do we do about this week's? I think you should go for it. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> it's, I'm not. I don't know what dude he's talking about. Uh, who, this doesn't sound like Benny to me. Is he really saying this? Yeah, he also says you're a lightweight for the nine beer weekend. <laughs> He's right about that. But this was really good beer, I'm telling you. It was craft beer. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and I'm a, I am lightweight. I actually I sip my beers. I'm very slow. Very slow with beer drinking. But, uh, right. Well, you're Asian. I think that's what it, it's the Asian enzyme. Yes. The Asian enzyme. Yes. But my roommate in college would have the Asian enzyme. Whenever he drinks one sip, he'd, he'd light up like a light bulb. He'd be so red. He'd be red in the face. You'd know he drinks. And uh, he, he would get instantly drunk with one sip of beer. <laughs> I remember one time B. Marsh walked into the room, and he was purple. And <laughs> and and this kid, Ellie, cracked up hysterically. He was like, thank you so much for that, B. Marsh. That was the best part of my night when like, B. Marsh walked in like that, and he was like, you know, wobbling around. I wound up having to ride that D with him home because I didn't trust him to get home. He was puking on the, he was puked on that D, and then we're getting oh. off, and and he's like, "Sorry, I'm sorry." And this guy goes, "Handle your business, man. Sorry, man. Handle your business." <laughs> Big Marsh was out of control that day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so there's, so there's that. You went to Vermont last weekend. What about this weekend coming? Coming. What am I doing? Oh, I'm just meeting up with somebody uh, for dinner Saturday, and that's about it. I think just hood rat stuff for the rest of the weekend. Uh, waiting around for the holidays. I can't believe you know Christmas is here. <laughs> yeah. 
Jesus, where did this year? I can't believe 2015 is uh, is ending. Is where did this year go, bro? It's kind of crazy. I don't know what to do. I don't know what, what what's what's uh, what's the hold of the future. What's coming up? Well, you know? great great segue. Why don't we do a segment that you know we we hadn't done in a while and we brought it back last week because I'm a big fat guy again. And you know what that means? <laughs> if I'm a big fat guy, what do I have around? You've got fortune cookies and Chinese yeah. food. Yes. So, uh this You're one that I just <laughs> The one that I just picked up. Is it yours or my fortune? That is mine. Okay. This is your fortune. Last week I just want to remind everyone that I opened up a fortune cookie for weeks and it was empty and I've never seen that in my life. That was, was really bad luck. I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> it was very depressing. It was very future. depressing. Yeah. I had no so this, future at all. This cookie is hard to open. It's like one of those. You remember when you used to buy? Uh, what were those things that we used to play music on when we, we were kids? Those you used to buy those things. You'd have to open up the cellophane on them. They were like, you know, like oh. what were they called? Oh. CDs. What? Oh, CDs. Yes, I remember those CDs. I still yes. like to. I still like to buy a good CD and open it up and take like an hour just to open it. I, lo- I still love CDs. <laughs> Do you I buy CDs just? For the project of opening them? Yes, I love the project and all the work that has to go into it just to <laughs> open it. And uh, sometimes I crack the case just trying to open it. It's very humorous. Yeah. And yeah, then uh, it's... Yeah, go ahead. No, that's that's what we all would do. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, and then you try to get the sticker off and then you rip yep. a portion of the sticker off and then there's still some sticker on the CD, so you ruin the CD and uh, the case at least. And then sometimes the CD doesn't really work. Sometimes it's got scratches on it. I don't know how that happens, but there's scratches on it. Oh, my. I, I, I love it. I just love CDs. I, I cannot let, let go. You know you know what I don't like? Is I remember if there was like a sticker that was like deluxe edition or so, some sort of sticker on the cover of the plastic, and then when you wrap the plastic off, you know, about an hour to two hours later, finally get that stuff off. And the sticker is on the cellophane, and then, you know, you want to get the sticker back on the cover of the album. There's really no way to do that, but I want to put it back on, you know, the jewel case. <laughs> I totally agree. And, and sometimes there were, like, multiple stickers on the damn thing with the explicit lyrics and the... Uh, yeah. All, all over the damn thing. They, they ruined the CD with these stickers, and then they ruined it with so much plastic on it. It was a great, uh, you know, you know, it was like a workout just to open up the damn CD and the... I, I like that. I kind of miss that. It's, it's something that uh, you still can do, but it's it's getting rarer and rarer now with all these digital musics. Right. Well, shout out to Tipper Gore. And, you know, yeah. the thing that uh, with the CDs is I, I've i been advocating for records as of late, and I've encountered two people um, who are very adamant about CDs. They love CDs and I was like, but records sound so much better and they're like, no, it's the same exact the same exact <laughs> quality. Um and so then I talked to Nick Fondoulis was one of these people and then Eric Rice, uh both actors <laughs> in New York and Eric goes, uh he said I said, Well then I'll just do uh, you know, Spotify if I'm not doing the record and he says, No, nah, but you 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 can't you would need to get like a, a good program that has a a flak ripper for the CD, but it would take like up all of your hard drive. So apparently, CD is technically better quality than MP3, but I never really noticed that. 
I didn't know that either. Wow. Okay. Uh, but I, I have to say, I, I I prefer the CD format. But in terms of quality, I, I think the record is actually the best. But uh, yeah, me too. You know, I, I just remain loyal to the CDs just because it's such a pain in the ass. Uh, and I have all this old stuff. So I have an old car that can't take digital music. So right. I, it's CDs. You know, that's that's really why. Once I kind of upgrade, I'll do all the digital stuff. But I still prefer. I think records are the best. But CDs, yeah. I think they're just they're just us. CDs are just us. The nineties. That's you know. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, it's just. Uh, <laughs> and like laser discs is just nineteen ninety three, and that's it. And then, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> just one year. Um, first R rated movie I ever watched was Lethal Weapon three on laser disc. Oh my gosh, that, that's a great movie. I mean, you picked a good R rated movie. Yeah. Who was that? Was that, that? That was a. That was a. That was not. Uh, Joe Pesci, was it? Yeah, he was. Joe Pesci was in two, three, and four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was that Chris Rock, or that was number four? That's four. Yeah, that's four. With the dit, dit, yeah. dit, dit, in the dentist. Um, yes. But, yes. Yeah. Speaking of um, records, though, how about that Cathedrals by DC Larouge? Here, were you dance? I, I envisioned you dancing in your seat to that. I was moving around a little bit. I was surprised. I was like, this song is great. I loved it. Yeah. I was, you know, not. I was pleasantly surprised. This is a great song. So has application yeah. to today. I loved it. Uh, and just wants it gets you moving a little bit. And it's, and it's a deep song. It's not like a, some kind of mindless dance song. It's actually really good. It's a great song. Yeah, I wound up uh, finding a, uh, a vinyl version of it on, on Amazon Marketplace. And I got it and I brought it to him. He signed it for me and everything. It was great. Um, but oh, my played, gosh. You know, I played it. It sounds incredible. It sounds so much better than than the um, on the Spotify version of Cathedrals that I knew. Uh, but yeah, that's a good what you're saying right now. About it's a good point. It's 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 not like he was saying. It's not like a I love you, I miss you song, and it's not like a boogie yogi yogi song. It's it, right. it actually meant something. It was like a socially kind of conscious disco song, which you didn't hear a lot of. Right, right. It's almost like a. Uh, you know, the way I equated it, it was like almost like a take me to church plus dance plus disco. It's all it's really very too complex. Do you mean and, take me uh, to church the Hosier song? Yeah, yeah. It's kinda of like that, like a like a very deep song actually. It's not really uh you know, goofy, like a goofy dance song like they have out there now, but uh, I think this is really uh, impressive. And uh, you know, the fact that this guy's from Meriden and you know, he, he, like I heard of a connection to Cheshire somehow. Where does mm-hmm. this guy live? Is he in Connecticut or is he in New York? New York. Or wherever he is. He's in New York, okay. Yeah. Very impressive. And he, he has this uh, such a close relationship with Bob Crew and everything. I, think, I find that all very interesting. Great yeah. Kid. Yeah, and he knew, uh, you know, he and you'll hear in the uh, part two, in the next episode of Blazer and I Radio, we'll have part two of that interview, and you'll hear more about his relationship with, you know, Frankie Valley and Donna Summer and um and all these people you know real real uh, heavyweights in the business. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, uh, also, very impressive, great interview. Also, Morris Levy, who has come up on the show before because of Tommy James. Tommy James came on the show to promote um his book, Me, the Music and the Mob, because Morris Levy was a gangster who was head of Roulette Records, and what happened was. When uh, D.C. LaRue had cathedrals, um, I guess his friend Aram 
wound up uh it, i think pyramid records was was uh, collapsing so aram took it to uh to morris levy the gangster the gangster you know mm-hmm. record label head uh morris mm-hmm. levy the same one from the tommy james story and 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 morris levy heard the record he wound up roulette records then wound up resorbing uh pyramid records and so um a lot of the uh, printings of cathedrals are actually on roulette records and david uh, uh dc larue he knew uh morris levy you know and he was just uh you'll hear yeah. m- much more about that in the next episode but it's fascinating and this 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 kind of horrible wonderful legendary evil gangster keeps coming up on the show you know via tommy james and now dc larue right finds all the musicians together and uh amazing it's kind of uh kind of weird but cool it's, it's like historical and it's a great story i mean when are they going to make uh tommy james's life a story a movie or they're a doing play it. or something they should they're doing it they're really? doing a yeah he talked about that on the show a bit and they're doing a jersey boy style broadway show they're doing a movie for you know all for tommy james and the shondells that'd be very cool very cool yeah, I, I, I would look forward to that. You know, I'm a big fan of Tommy James, and the interview is great. And uh, he's a great Thanks. kid. He's got a lot of great music. Great music. <laughs> um, so really nice guy too. So uh, here's your fortune. I'm just opening it now. Uh-oh. You really, you really got off track there. Um, okay, it says learn Chinese wine. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, let me see. these these lucky numbers here. It's uh R Shu Su uh Shi Liu uh San Shi uh San R um three four three four two maybe. Uh <laughs> uh R San Su Shi R. What do you think that is? S sh R. What do you think that is? E R. That's four. Mm-hmm. E R. Four ten? Is that ten? Yes, so I said right, forty two. So four ten, fourteen two? Four, no, not 40. 40. 42. Just 42. 42. 42. 42. I sucked there. I, I couldn't interpret it. Yes. Yeah, good. and then, and then, um, Shiba, and, uh, and this one is, E-R Sansu, Wu, oh, I need glasses. I can't read this anymore. E, uh, <laughs> what is the last number? Oh, uh, it's E-R Sansu, Wu shi yi. Wu shi yi. What's that? 51? Yes! Yes! Woo! Yes! 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 Thank you, Guano! 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 Her name was not Guano. It was... Yes, it was. It was Heine Guo or Guo Heine. Oh, yes, I remember that. That was Guano Heine, right? Guano Heine. <laughs> no, you call her Guano How. 
close our Chinese teacher at Yale University, which neither of us attended. When yeah. the hell are we going to have a reunion with Sonson? I think it would be great. I don't know why. Well, I don't know why we, whenever we try to meet up with Sonson, he doesn't want to meet up with me. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. He's too busy grabbing balls in Middletown or whatever the fuck he does. <laughs> Nogatuck. <laughs> Nobody goes to Nogatuck except him. All right. Yeah, so you're, you're right. I, go ahead. Yep. Your fortune says one person with a belief is equal to a force of 99 who have only interest. Wow. <laughs> sounds scary. I don't even know what that means, but uh, it sounds pretty I epic. I don't either. I don't think is this. I don't think they really translated from the Chinese very well. Because <laughs> one person with a belief is equal to a force of ninety nine who have only interest. Hmm, that doesn't make any sense. It sounds like a terrible accountant's uh, advice or something. It sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah, you're better off with just the numbers. Um, yeah, I'd, so- I'd rather have no force. <laughs> I don't know what that means. All right, so let's. This is mine. Here we go. This is like opening a CD. You remember those CDs that we used to open with the cellophane? Oh yeah, I love them. I love them. Sometimes they had like a CD opener, but it would rip the sides of the, the case. It was there was never a good way to open up a CD box. You use a knife. You 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 know rip the case. You try to rip it open. You might break the case. Yeah, uh, you try to take the sticker off. You rip the sticker off. One one half of the sticker still stays on. It ruins the case. It was great. It was great. <laughs> um, all right, my fortune is failure is not defeat until you stop trying. Yeah, it's a good one. Yes, yes, I love it. And I just want to remind you that yours. What? Somebody owes me a martini. <laughs> And I just want to remind you that yours is one person with a belief is equal to a force of 99 who have only interest. It's like, why is such a specific number, too? I don't understand. It's very strange. Mine is very strange. Yours makes perfect sense. Mine makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, it's, it's, it's great. It's, 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 it was meant to be. So now, I love these Portuguese. Vinny insists on texting me during the show. By the way, do you have any idea how I know this guy, Vinny? I don't think, you know, he just randomly appeared on our show and you fell in love with him. Yeah, I don't know where Vinny even came from, but it was that <laughs> must, must have been heaven. Must have been heaven. He was a great kid. I think he just loves to be on the show, quite frankly. I think he wants to be on the show, and I think he should have his own show. Yeah. Yeah, on the Blazing Ryan Network. Yes. Great yeah. idea. The Vinny Show. The real yeah. Vinny Penn. <laughs> um, let's not get into Vinny Penn again. I'll tell that Penn when he asked me for a pen. So uh, he says um, he is inviting me to a cigar smoking party. I don't think he means cigars. There but for the grace of God, machine. What the fuck is he talking about? I'm going to text, oh, what the guys- fuck? Are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> is this guy trying to hit on him or something? I think he thinks so. Yeah, I think he thinks so. Um, but he should be flattered. I mean, you know, he should go out or something. You know. Yeah, but I know for a fact that he fucking um, just goes to cigar smoking parties every Friday night. 
Like, he should go. What what's going on? I don't I don't understand this. Uh, I what's think Vinny the guy talking wants, about. He wants Vinny to smoke his cigar, I guess. He wants to be bareback and <laughs> bottoms on the PNT. PNT, TNT, Mr. T. Pity the fool. <laughs> but Vinny should get the hell up out of there. Yeah. Did you um <laughs> did you see that clip that I sent from our, our previous guest owner to Kell's new movie? Or to Kells, yes, I think I did, yes. Yeah, I sent you that clip. From... Yes, yes, I did. I saw that. That was just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah, his new movie Applesauce, which I rented per Jason Selvig's recommendation, and boy, is it funny. This owner to Kell, man, if if he is like, if I could, uh, you know, I'd like to own all his movies, except the thing is that uh, Summer of Blood's on Netflix, so it'd be kind of stupid to buy that, and then. Uh, and then this one I just rented, so I feel like weird if I bought that because I feel like it's going to be on Netflix. And then Richard's Wedding I saw on, you know, his three movies I all saw streaming um, or in the theater. I saw Summer of Blood in the theater, but, but he is so funny, and it's just such a funny movie. And that one scene when I uh, sent you the thing about Donald Rumsfeld is hilarious. <laughs> he's really uh, he's really got a, a knack for comedy. Uh, he's a talented guy, and he's really funny to talk to. He's is a wealth of knowledge. The guy is like, uh, he's like a Quentin Tarantino, but not as douchey, you know, not douchey <laughs> or weird or as weird. <laughs> he's a pretty weird guy, though, owner. He is. He is a very weird guy. I, I love the tampon uh, talk. That was great. That was <laughs> I thought you were going to stop after. T- I love the tampon, and that's where you stop the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> The tampon discussion was one of the best uh, conversations I've ever had. I don't know how you survived that. You were really, like, losing it during that tampon conversation. I was. It was great. Let's tell the audience what we're talking about here. So, Owner Jekyll, brilliant filmmaker. Check out Summer of Blood on Netflix and check out uh, his new movie, Applesauce, on demand. And um, Richard's Wedding is on Fandor. Hilarious, very very Woody Allen-like guy. And this is what happened. We wound up talking about tampons. <laughs> I think the clip starts playing. <laughs> the fuck? Oh wait, maybe this isn't the tampon. When I start, when I show a movie, usually if I make an introduction and I'm going to be in the audience, I tell people don't laugh because I'm going to be in the audience and I don't want you to sycophantically laugh because you know I'm <laughs> listening. And I like you know only laugh if you really. So, okay, so here I go. A Philadelphia archaeology museum has found a 6,500-year-old human skeleton in its cellar. After she was discovered, the skeleton got back into making snide comments about celebrity fashion on E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't quite get that joke. Sing some more. What? How are you, sire? I'm fine. I'm fine. 
What are you doing right now? Huh? What are you doing right now? Huh? What are you doing right now? (laughs) You don't want to know. What are you wearing? Huh? What are you wearing? Huh? As little as possible. (laughs) Good. Um, So, who have you got for us tonight for the Hot Mess Awards, sire? Okay, well, my first one is Jen Law. Woo! Yeah, I mean, she's a lovely actress. She seems to be a lovely girl, but, you know, it's like enough of beating up on Lindsay Lohan. Oh, I didn't know she said something bad about Lindsay. Apparently, she said something to the effect that uh, she said she gets Lindsay Lohan grade exhaustion without the booze and the drugs. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. To which then Lilo's 21-year-old sister, Allie, posted that, well, she used to be a fan of J-Law's. And Lilo thanked <laughs> her sister by quoting oh. Maya Angelou and posting Still I Rise on her website. So, so Lilo's been spending a little too much time with Oprah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah I'm man. sure Oprah just like takes her aside every day and goes, you can, you smart, and you important, <laughs> and you also to help. Now get back on that TV set. Hell yeah! <laughs> I think that J Law probably just said that without really. Th- she was just saying it as just like a a throwaway comment, and then it wound up, you know, going spiraling Maybe, out of control. Maybe, but there's a, there's a bit of a diss to it. Yeah. Yeah, let's be. Yeah. I guess so. And who yeah. is your second hot mess, sire? My second hot mess is the baseball hall of motherfucking fameless. Uh-oh. Because if they can't get over the bullshit, and if they allowed, like, steroid motherfuckers in the fame with an asterisk, right. put fucking Pete Rose back in, for God's sake. I yeah. agree. I agree. You're yeah. you right about that one, Tommy boy. Enough all fucking ready. The man's old. He's got records nobody's ever going to fucking touch. Put his ass right. back in there. Who didn't have, gamble on, on the sport that they were in back in the day? Does he right. have CDs? He's an amazing baseball player. Amazing. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, forget that he, you know, I mean, we, we can even, like, forget that he played for Mars Shots. That's right. Yeah. You know, who used to love him. And remember when they called her out on it and called her a racist? She goes, I'm not a racist. I love my niggas. And who is your final hot mess, sire? My final hot mess has got to be, well, and this is like a good hot mess. It's a greasy, greasy, slippery, slimy hot mess. Robert Walters is is 86 years old, and apparently tonight one of the people that she interviews is Bradley Cooper, to whom she says, I could just sit here and stare at you, but... That would take too much time. I find you very schoolable. Whoa! Oh my lord! Yeah, yeah. And then she said that Amy Schumer had a great tush. So Bob oh is like just eighty-six, throwing balls to the wall, and she's just she just wants to fuck, baby. Oh my god! She'll take it any way she can get it. I saw on. 
on uh, <clears throat> Seth Meyers' show last night, he said that Barbara Walters said uh, very screwable, and that's like the hardest thing for her to pronounce. Screwable. <laughs> very screwable. Screwable. Very screwable. She sounded like a wacky wabbit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of Barbara Walters. John Weeks, I know you used to get turned on by Hugh Downs, didn't you, at the opening of oh, 2020? Oh, It was my favorite on 2020. Oh, yeah. Hugh oh, Downs. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Downs. Hugh Downs. Hugh Downs. <laughs> Hugh Downs. That's his poor name. Hugh you Downs. need You need to come over someday. I could teach you a few things. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> you, you, Weeks and Vinny, go over to Tom Fogarty's flat that's right. Let's do There's it. nothing flat over here, though. <laughs> it's Are all guys... very voluptuous and swoopable. Oh, my goodness. You guys lubed up? You got your lubricant ready to roll? Yeah, oh, shit, oh, that's where I they got it. ready, man. Suddenly I just uh, looked up and I saw on the on a, a bookcase uh, above me a package of dots. I love those things. <laughs> <laughs> have they just been sitting there for like 30 years? They've just been sitting there. Just fucking sitting there. They're probably rotten. They still got, they still got the saran wrap on them, though, so they might be still you, good. You better eat that, man. Ooh, baby. You better take a knife to get the saran wrap off, and then you got to put the sticker back on it where the sticker came off with the you cellophane. You got to back on in the pudding, ran, wrapping the pain in the pudding, in the pudding. Kill the strings and the horns. It was very catchy. All right. Weeks, kick us off. All right. Several of the candidates in this week's Republican presidential spend much of their time talking about terror. And then they talked about things other than Donald Trump being their party's front runner. Oh. <laughs> it was huge. Yep. <laughs> huge downs. Huge downs. <laughs> I don't want to talk to Barbara Walters. I want to talk to huge downs. <laughs> CNN said there were five takeaways from its Republican debate this week. Those takeaways being Rand Paul, Carly Fiorina, Ted Cruz, Jeb Bush, and Ben Carson. Uh, waga waga. Waga waga. I don't know. Maybe it's just that the times are passing. But I find Rubio to be very schoolable. <laughs> if I could just get over those Dumbo-sized ears of his. Yeah, uh, too weird for me. Weeks hates Rubio. Louisville. Yeah, I hate Rubio. I'm not a big fan. And speaking of Ben Carson, Rianne's Priebus responded <laughs> to Ben Carson mispronouncing his name by saying he has always dreaded people trying to pronounce his name. Ben Carson responded by saying, well, some, sometimes, you know... You know, I I get called Ben, and sometimes it's 
Uncle Ben and every now and then, and especially if the person has traumatic brain damage and pre-operation, they might even think to call me Uncle Tom, but... <laughs> you see, there was that... Somebody was interviewing him, and they go... Uh, they were like, how did you feel about your poll going down so drastically? Did that, like, did you lose your excitement? And he goes, I wasn't excited when the poll came down, and I wasn't excited when it was up. <laughs> yeah. What's really hard to convey on on the phone, though, is, is the little hand gestures that I'm doing. Oh. I, one-handed. And, and th- those would help the poll stay up. <laughs> you ain't never lie. <laughs> On demand music service radio, radio, radio announced its shutdown this week after being acquired by Pandora. Radio's user was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Julian Mosley. <laughs> Brooklyn's Gowanus Canal is getting a park called Sponge Park that will help soak up and block polluted runoff from falling into the canal. Or as I call it, the Danny <laughs> Thomas version of a true amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever treated me kindly. Daddy looked early. Mama was poor. I'd meet a man and I'd follow him blindly. He'd snap his fingers. Me, I'd say sure. Stephen Sondheim, I hear, also likes to get shat on, much like Danny Thomas. Oh, sweet understanding. Sweet understanding. Danny's my poop friend. This week, apologized to Adam Sandler after years of slamming the star's movies. In response, Sandler said, Ooh, hippity 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 This week, Tina Fey told Howard Stern that Colin Quinn once called her a cunt. Colin Quinn has since received glitter bombs as repentance. Ah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sure that was French with the sedilla, right? Yes. Yay. What? You Say what? You sons. That's French for the sedilla. <laughs> Tina Fey told Ellen DeGeneres this week she may get her daughter Cole for Christmas, which makes sense 
Kristen, she's a cunt. <laughs> she's a cunt. You're right about that one, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> BuzzFeed this week published a list of 18 things you'll only understand if you're slightly obsessed with Target. One of them is Cry like a baby in a shopping cart. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And then you did a, you had like a, you had a little weeks moment there where you read the stage directions out loud. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> DJ Khaled had a scare this week after he he got lost at sea while jet skiing in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than use Morse code, he chanted. <laughs> You know, Rai Rai, I find that very offensive and racist. Why did DJ gotta be... Yo, 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 yo. I just gotta, I gotta say something. Why did DJ gotta be Khaled? That's true. That's uh, fucked up, man. Why gotta be Khaled? <laughs> no, it's, it's not what you think it means. Well, what what Khaled mean? Khaled <laughs> Green. You is smart. You is kind. <laughs> and you is important. <laughs> <laughs> you out your goddamn mind. <laughs> I try. Now, now, now we're gonna have this same confluence next week, or, or, or are we taking it off for the Christians and they 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 damn Christmas tree and whatnot else? Yeah, we're, we're gonna be uh, taking uh, Christmas Eve off. We, we will not. Oh, Tommy boy wants to do it. Oh, okay. I was hoping to tell my favorite Christmas joke. Oh, you want to do it now instead? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a little foreshadowing, but Jesus walks into a bar and throws three nails down and says, uh, who's going to nail me up? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I like that one. I think you're going to need to explain it to me like I'm five years old. What? You got a nail here, a nail there, and a nail there. Yeah. Not a cross. Okay. Well. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tommy Boy. Have a wonderful holiday, and I I hope you have a wonderful uh, uh, time with Christmas rapings, your annual uh, event. Yeah, I'm back in it again. Woohoo! What do yeah. you, you want to pl- plug it for our listener? What do you want to tell them? Uh, it's Christmas wrappings. It's this amazing oratorio and and whatnot else. A panache 
of musical stylings that tell the Jesus story from the Bible, written by the brilliant Al Carmines, who was way ahead of the curve, because hmm. he called his Christmas wrappings before there was even really rap going yeah. on. You know, so, and it's, yeah, wrappings with an R, not with a, you know, W-R-A-P-P-I-N-G-A-S. Just straight up wrappings. And it's just glorious music, and it's fun, 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 and it's a benefit for Judson Church, which is about the most lefty-leaning church place left in the city. So, woo-hoo! Wow. All right. And when, when will that be? That is tomorrow night at eight and Saturday at two. All right, wow. go check check and out Tom Fogarty. And both me and and the kid are in it. Lulu's in it as well. Oh, awesome! Oh, Lulu the kid. Yeah. Lulu the kid. Lulu the kid. The wonderful, wonderful kid. <laughs> did she tell you? Did the Miz? Did the Miz tell you that I thought that uh, your neighbor got run over? Yes, yeah, she did by a reindeer. <laughs> no. On our way to Grandma's house. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was not her. Yeah, it, I, I still am suspicious. I'm a bit suspicious. No. Okay, fair enough. Good night, sir. Night. Night. Booty, booty. Booty, booty. Um, booty, booty. Okay, all right. So what did he say? He says, Jesus walks into a bar what? Um... You forgot the nails. Uh, does anybody have any nails to nail me up or something? Yeah, but what? What? Is, I don't understand why that's. So it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. It's, <laughs> I, I, but it sounded funny. It sounded the way he said it was funny. It was. Otherwise, it's an awful joke. You know what I? You know what I? <laughs> what I just was referring to just now was that I could have sworn. <laughs> that Tom Fogarty and Leslie Fogarty's neighbor, um, Ellen Ruth Levy, I could have sworn I heard her say she got hit by a bicyclist. I could have sworn it was the same woman who told us she got hit by a bicyclist. And and, I, I, and she was in the neighborhood, so I figured she was close to where we were at the time. Because um, at the time when I saw this woman talking about the bicyclist, I was in the East Village, and she said she had to go somewhere closer to home in the West Village. I'm not making much sense now, but I could have sworn that it was her, this Ellen Ruth Levy. And then so I tell the Miz, Tom Fogarty's wife, Leslie, I was like, I was like, can you ask if she feels better after getting hit by that bicycle? And she's like, oh, I, what? And then she's like, oh, I talked to her. It, it, it wasn't her. It must have been another Ellen. And I was like, I still think it was her. I don't know. I think she did get hit by a bicyclist. I definitely. <laughs> definitely. They're all, they're all out there, especially in the city. I mean, it, it happens all yeah. the time. Some might call me me a bicyclist. <laughs> That's right. I like that. Bicyclist. Oh, so owner to Kel. Let's get back to that for a minute. So we're talking about yeah. owner, and I played the wrong clip before. Um, that was – oh, the clip that you heard before was him tell a joke perfectly um, about Joan Rivers while she was still alive, RIP. And he told it perfectly, and then he says he doesn't get it. Let's play that one more time. <laughs> 
when I start when I show a movie, usually if I make an introduction and I'm going to be in the audience, I tell people don't laugh because I'm going to be in the audience and I don't want you to sycophantically laugh because you know I'm listening. I like you know only laugh if you really. So okay, so here I go. A Philadelphia Archaeology Museum has found a 6,500-year-old human skeleton in its cellar. After she was discovered, the skeleton got back into making snide comments about celebrity fashion on E. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't quite get that joke. <laughs> I mean, like, is it like, I mean, like, okay, it doesn't matter, I guess. But it's, I mean, okay, but you just wrote these today, which is amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I love how he's not too impressed. Right. He was not too impressed with my jokes, I don't think. He's like, I don't get it, but you just wrote these, which is amazing. I thought that joke was great, first of all. And secondly, I think his favorite word is sycophantic, because I think he said it 30 <laughs> times during that entire interview. Right. And, well, uh, mm-hmm. one of the reasons that's sick guy. <laughs> Yeah, and one of the reasons Sycophantic kept coming up is because during when he had a film at Tribeca that Jason was in, I, uh, Julian and I were there. We stayed for the after uh, the talkback. Yeah, and owner, you know, storms down the aisle. Is <laughs> you know this stocky short guy with this crazy long hair and huge beard just storms down the aisle like right right when the credits start rolling like he couldn't wait to get in front front and center and um and then he's like so you know just ask ask me anything ask you know just ask anything you want at all and then the first guy that he calls on goes well i really enjoyed and then owner goes don't be sycophantic <laughs> you know he's like trying to <laughs> make sure that nobody compliments him and it was right after he said ask anything and this is the same guy who i think this is the beginning of the joke off here all right let's jack off gentlemen uh owner to kel kick us off so i'm just supposed to read this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the one that we were referring to before about tampons for some reason we were talking about an hiv preventative ta- tampon i don't know if it was part of it was it part of a joke or something yeah, I think it was like preceding that we were talking, you know, we played some clips from the uh, Up Your Butt or something like that. And then we started talking about tampons for some reason. Is that and, the proper and then it name went into of, this. Is that the proper name of it, Up Your Butt? Yeah. That's, that's what the uh, Friday Night Cranks clip is called, Up Your Butt? <laughs> up Your Butt, the Javina episode. The Javina monologue. <laughs> it's more like a Javina dialogue. Javina log. Yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> You're right. I love that. I love it. Javonalog. Oh, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go do that. Javonalog, man. Javonalog, man. You want to check out the Javonalog? <laughs> I'm going to go be bareback in them bottom with the PMP. <laughs> and I'm going go with the Javonalog. And um, this is where we're talking with owner about uh, HIV preventative tampon. So are you supposed to wear the tampon... Um, when you're, when you're having your period or just like, you're just supposed to put it in when you're having sex. It's not a, t- it's just like, it's like a female condom, right? Or something? Or what, what is this? Like, I think it has, <laughs> I think it has HIV preventative medicine in it. So I'm not really sure. I don't know if you wear it all the time and it soaks up the medicine up in, in the cooch. Because you got to think, think about this. If you're having, if you're on your period, 
and you would, that's when that's the absolute time where you'd want to have protected sex because that's when the chances are increased for getting HIV is that there's blood being passed from back and yeah. forth, you know? So it's funny. It's like, so calling it a tampon, even if you're supposed to wear it any time, it's just weird to me. They would call it an HIV preventing tampon. It's strange. <laughs> anyway, it, I wish there was, it's, it's, it's difficult to talk about these things when there's not a, woman on the air, you know what I mean? I always feel slightly like like a jerk having comments about, you know. I, <laughs> okay, so anyway, yeah, but that's, that's interesting. Oh, my God. He, he is just great. I love him. I think he's great. Yes, yes. You know what? I, I'm going to email him how much I thoroughly enjoyed applesauce, and I'm going to tell him that we got to get that beer with him. Non-alcoholic for me. we got to get that beer, though. Definitely, definitely. I'm in. I'm in, baby. I'm in. Yeah, and um, and I don't. I still don't understand the point that he was making. I don't understand it either. He didn't think that a tampon that could prevent HIV is possible. I guess I don't know what he was trying to argue, and I don't think he was. I think he was just saying that it doesn't. It can't exist. It doesn't make sense. Was he? Because it, it sounded more like it was weird to him that you would call a tampon a tampon. Anyway, I don't know, but. <laughs> What did he think? It was a female? Con- Maybe he thought it was a female. Yeah, I think he was trying. He was mistaking a, a tampon for a condom. And, uh, I, I don't think he, <laughs> he does that in everyday life. Yeah. I think we needed a female uh, judge to, to tell us what we needed. Now. <laughs> you feel slightly like a jerk, you know, when you have no woman. Yeah. <laughs> but, I love it. Uh, I love it. Just. Just that like fifteen second clip was amazing. I mean, he's just he's full of this stuff, you know. He's like he's great. He's just funny. I think I must have asked him a half a question, and then he talked for a half hour. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says later in the show he talks when he's nervous, so he must have been pretty fucking nervous. I think he was very nervous actually. I don't, but you know, he was great. He was he just kept going yeah. on and on. He has a lot of information, so I, I loved it. This guy is brilliant. Check him out. Owner to Kel. Check out uh, Applesauce and check out Summer Blood on Netflix. But um, John Weeks, uh, speaking of wonderful movies, uh, what is your favorite scene in She's My My Mom? It's the power of bangs, man. <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. Yes. Uh, yes. My favorite scene is she's the main man for Jermaine Baines, man. Got me when Amanda Baines plays this big Wall Street tycoon. <laughs> and uh, there's a big speech in it. They might have done it before, but just love it here. And it's, does she it's, play it's Gordon Gecko? Yes, she does. And she's okay. an amazing Gordon Gecko. Amazing. <laughs> Well, I appreciate the opportunity you're giving me, Mr. Cromwell, as the single largest shareholder and tells our paper to speak. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. America. America has become a second-rate power. Its trade deficit and its fiscal deficit are at nightmare proportions. Now, in the days of the free market, when our country was a top industrial power, there was accountability to the stockholder. The Carnegies, the Mellons, the men that built this great industrial empire made sure of it because it was their money at stake. 
Management has no stake in the company. Altogether, these men sitting up their own less than 3% of the company. And where does Mr. Cromwell put his million-dollar salary? Not in Teldar stock, no. He owns less than 1%. You own the company. That's right, you, the stockholder. And you are all being royally screwed over by these, these bureaucrats with their luncheons, their hunting and fishing trips, their corporate jets and golden parachutes. This is an outrage, sir. You're out of line, Gecko. Tell our paper, Mr. Cromwell. Tell our paper has 33 different vice presidents, each earning over $200,000 a year. Now, I have spent the last two months analyzing what all these guys do, and I still can't figure it out. One thing I do know is that our paper company lost $110 million last year, and I'll bet that half of that was spent in all the paperwork going back and forth between all these damn vice presidents. The new law of evolution in corporate America seems to be survival of the unfitted. Well, my my book, you either do it right or you get eliminated. In the last seven deals that I've been involved with, there are 2.5 million stockholders who have made a pre-tax profit of $12 billion. Thank you. I am not a destroyer of companies. I I am a liberator of them. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies through and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed, in all of its forms, greed for life, for money, for love, knowledge has marked the upward surge of mankind. And greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar Paper, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the United States of America. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And that's my mm. favorite scene. She's the main man. She's the main fans, man. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, what would you say is your... Um intention in that monologue well i am what about your intention i mean i, <laughs> <laughs> I well I, I think it's a good question i, I don't know i think it's a, a good you know um it's, it's a political commentary for sure i think it's a no it's really a comment on corporate america it's not really even the political states situation in america yeah but what are you trying <laughs> to do in that monologue what try to wake them up, try to poke them, prick them a little bit so that they oh. kind of um, open their eyes so that they see the world as it is, I guess, or uh, you know try to enlighten people in a way, okay, try to enlighten <laughs> try people. to poke them, try to poke <laughs> them a little bit. Poke them. <laughs> yeah, poke them. <laughs> Try to wake them up. Hmm. That's good. No That's good? not bad. And what's your overall super objective? My own... <laughs> I don't know if there is an overall super objective. I think... Oh, there's um... always a super objective. I miss a starry night. 